Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Andy Olson joined by Brett Behrens as we break down the Illinois loss to Rutgers at Rutgers and the sixth man was allowed today at Jersey Mike's Arena, a.k.a. The Rack, as everyone still likes to call it, 70-59, the Scarlet Knights. Get the win on their home floor. It's the fourth win in a row for Rutgers against ranked opponents. Brad, and let's just get your first reactions. It definitely was uh, not a pretty one to to watch on TV for Illinois. No, Illinois was not inspired at all to play at the Rack, and I'm definitely still calling it the Rack, Andy. Jersey Mike's uh, Arena just doesn't been blow off the, the tongue like the route at the Rack does. Uh, and Rutgers is the real deal here. Now they're just a game back of first place as Purdue is playing now Northwestern and likely will win in Evanston, but that will change at the top. But right now, just a game back of first place. I, they're in the NCAA tournament. If, if today was selection Sunday, like you mentioned, the four straight wins. I mean, they've had just a heck of a run here, beating Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan State in four straight games. You know, this is a team that looked awful at the beginning of the year and lost by 35 in Champaign to Illinois. And they certainly handed the Illini uh, some payback tonight in Piscataway. And yeah, okay, it's it's an 11 point game there at the end. But like this was way out of reach, essentially. And give credit to Illinois down the stretch in the final five minutes for making it competitive and getting it to nine at one point down to single digits. But like this, this was over essentially with 10 minutes left in the game. You know, Rutgers led by 23. Uh, with 645 left and it's you're, I mean that's it like you know the game's over so um, a lot of soul searching on that flight back from Newark to Champaign tonight uh, and it's probably a good thing they're getting back because this weather's moving in um, Godspeed to Derek Piper and uh, Scott Ritchie <laughs> those guys out there covering the game in Piscataway tonight uh, but uh, with this weather moving in, Underwood's going to probably have them up early in the morning and practicing before they go to Michigan State. Uh, just uh, one of the worst performances of the season for Illinois. Yeah, Kofi Coburn leads the way, 20 points for the Illini. Trent Frazier behind him with 11. R.J. Melendez, another sneaky good performance from him, 10 points. A lot of those coming towards the end. He had a big three-pointer in the corner that uh, brought Illinois really back into it and capped a 10 nothing run they had uh, at the under Eight timeout, but like you already said, it, it, the game was over with. It, it seemed like by that point, after Rutgers came out in a fourteen to two run at a halftime, we got to start. I think you know talking about the specifics of the game with the three point shooting for Illinois, just one of fourteen in the first half behind the arc. Trent <laughs> Frazier hit the first one of the game with thirty five seconds left in the first half. Breton, it, it just seems like. I don't know where that kind of performance came from. We saw, I guess, at the end of the Purdue game that they weren't shooting it well from from three, but this was just another level, and it's such a far, uh, far, a far different version of the team that we saw at the beginning of the year and at points during the year. It seemed like the three-point shot was how they were going to win most of their games. Yeah, and the old adage, you live by the three and die by the three, oh, certainly yeah. played well tonight, and, and when threes were not falling – all Illinois had was Kofi Colbert. I mean, there was no other offense there. Everybody scored seven of the first nine points. And, you know, when Illinois starts the game over 13 from beyond the arc, like, hey, this, this is not working. And there was just no other way to create offense by and large. And that's concerning. And I think there's some big time concerning things here 
um, and some trends that are starting to show up for the Illini. And, and when you don't shoot threes on the road, like, look, you're probably not going to win as many games as, as you'd like. And so, um, yeah, very disconcerting when he goes six for 23. Um, and I feel like they could have chucked a lot more threes. Usually we're used to seeing that number 25, 30, 35. Um, but when they just weren't falling, I, I think they faded it, which was the right idea there. Um, but the lack of anything else offensively is concerning because where else do you go? And especially if Kofi gets in foul trouble, I think that's the biggest thing. And he, and he was not tonight, only had one foul. But, you know, you just start thinking in, in a one-and-done situation like the Big Ten tournament or NCAA tournament, uh, where that offense is going to come from if the threes are not coming and if they're doubling Kofi, which uh, Rutgers did quite frequently tonight. And you would expect teams to do that um, going forward. Illinois just becomes very one-dimensional in that sense. Uh, offensively, and, and it's just, they're just struggling to score right now. Um, you know, Kofi 20 and 10, it was pretty impactful, all things considered, and, you know, now holds the program record for double doubles mm -hmm. uh, with 42. I mean, that's huge in itself, and, and he's one of the all time best big men uh, in program history. Uh, and so that is noteworthy, but it doesn't have the same ring when, you know, they get out rebounded. Uh, big time tonight, you know, the, the fact that they're 46 to 28 on the boards is is just mind boggling to me. And Andy, the, the biggest question I have coming out of this, yes, the threes are concerning, but this rebounding trend has been mm -hmm. very concerning the past three weeks where they've been getting out rebounded. And that was also something we did not see earlier this season. Yeah, they were one of the best teams in the conference for rebounding really early. And I believe in, in about six of their last eight, they've been out-rebounded by the other team. Now, it hasn't been always a, as big a margin as it was tonight, but it just there didn't seem to be any effort. And for a few games now, it seems like there hasn't been any effort going to the glass and, and getting rebounds. And, and Rutgers had a few really key offensive rebounds that kept possessions alive, and that's why they kept extending this score. And, and from... Towards the very start of the game, it just looked like Rutgers wasn't going to be defeated in this one. And, you know, it's just a poor performance overall for Illinois. And it's one that, if you want to look at the bright side of things, it's one that you're glad that you get out of the way now and you and you get it out of the way on the road um, at a tough place to play because this this is not going to fly in those, you know, like you said, the, the games where you need the win in Big Ten tournament, NCAA tournament. Andre Curbelo also struggling tonight, shooting one of six, three at Jacob Grandison, two, sorry, one of six from the field, two of seven from the field for Jacob Grandison, two of eight from the field for Alfonso Plummer. DeMonte Williams, 0 for three from the floor tonight. Uh, Curbelo did have five assists, and he had a, a few turnovers sprinkled in there as well, Brett, but introducing, and I remember Brad specifically talking about this when Andre Curbelo was coming back from his concussion, introducing someone new to that lineup, you know, it takes time for the team to adjust. But now he's been back four or five games, even with that break when he was in health and safety protocols. But it just doesn't seem like it's working. And the chemistry is just not there when he's on the floor. And it's really, it just seems like the whole team is kind of off at this point. Is that because they're trying to work on that chemistry still at this point in the year? Or is it just... You know, they're going in, going through a bad stretch right now. Yeah, I think he's trying to reacclimate to that and what that looks like. And especially 
where he's supposed to shoot and how he's supposed to, you know, take his shots. I mean, one of six from the floor tonight did have five assists. It felt like he had more than three turnovers. And I mean, that's all he was credited with. Uh, and Illinois only had nine as opposed to 14 from Rutgers. But I, I don't know about you, Andy, but it felt like to me watching that they had way more than nine yeah. turnovers. Um, maybe just impactful for that. And I think the offensive rebounds also kind of play into that because it, while it's not a turnover, it just gives you the feeling that, you know, they're getting those second chance points, which Rutgers had. I mean, 14 to eight offensive rebounds, if, if we're comparing, you know, that stat alone to what Illinois was. And and those are going to lead to those second chance points. Uh, 17 to nine, Rutgers holds the advantage there tonight. So, to me, that kind of goes hand in hand with that. You know, the, the turnovers and, and offensive rebounds, I, I kind of clump those um, together. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Corbello's got to try and continue to figure that out. And Brad Underwood has gone back to just practice, and, and he needs more practice time. And just trying to work that in and, and massage how he's supposed to get his shots, how he's supposed to distribute. Um, the assists were nice. That was a team high five for Corbello tonight. And I think for me, that's where it needs to start is, is him distributing the ball and being a point guard instead of just hunting his shot. We know he can get it and he plays 20 minutes, which, you know, those numbers continue to creep up towards that 20 minute mark, which I think is important in that sense. Um, but, you know, he's got to just continue to, to work that in and practice. I think that's what Brad Underwood has continued to say. And um, and really just try and find his role and his niche in that and how that's going to be. I mean, he's the backup point guard to a, a team that's, you know, fighting for a, a Big Ten title. I, th I think it'd be different if they were, you know, ninth in the league or something. But if it's working, why are you trying to correct it? You know what I mean? So um, that's what he is. He's a backup point guard in the Big Ten. Uh, and I saw multiple points tonight where Underwood was frustrated with Corbello's play or decision-making and, and he puts in Trent. And I think that's what it's going to be because he trusts Trent at the point guard at this, at this juncture and at this time in the season. Free throws also not great for the Alana tonight. Nine of 16. You got to hit the free ones, Brett. This kind of performance, not inspiring for Alana fans because of the fact that they are competing for that big 10 title. You now Go on the road to number 19, Michigan State. You have Ohio State in Champaign at home in the one time you play the Buckeyes this season. Then you go back to Michigan. I was trying to think of what Michigan is the state of what. We're the land of Lincoln. I can't remember what Michigan is. but The Michigan State. The, the glove. Uh, you go back to Michigan to play the Wolverines. And, Brett, does the performance tonight concern you? for those upcoming games, or is this one that you write off? Yeah, I think it's definitely concerning. I want to see how they come out on a sleepy Saturday morning in East Lansing on Saturday and uh, and how they respond there. Uh, you just can't make it too. And I think overall this team's done a pretty nice job this season not having back-to-back -back losses. You know, when you, when you look at their schedule and kind of see where they've fallen, um, yeah, they lost Marquette, Cincinnati. Uh, those are That's one that I think of. And then the Purdue-Maryland swing. So there's been two times this season that they've had back-to-back -back losses. Uh, it's going to be a challenge at Michigan State, although I'm not completely sold on Michigan State and, and what it is. But you got to remember, they beat Michigan State, um, you know, in Champaign. So trying to get a season sweep in Michigan State is never easy. And, uh, you know, that, that would be the concerning part for me as we get into this really tough stretch in February, you know, and, and you got two home games to close it out. But – you know, you still got two out of three here on the road the rest of the this this mini stretch. So 
you know, let's see how they play Saturday. There's definitely concerning parts to this, though, Andy, and, and primarily against Rutgers, it was just the effort. I mean, Rutgers looked like they wanted to be there more than Illinois. I don't know if Illinois was overconfident or what the deal was. And you got to give some credit to Rutgers in that. I mean, I was really impressed with um, Caleb McConnell. I mean, that dude defensively, I thought was a problem. Um, you know, he scored 11 points and, and had seven rebounds. But I like, man, I thought that dude was just a pest. Four steals in the game and uh, really made it difficult, I thought. Omarui, I thought, held his own in a fantastic way, Andy. I mean, 15 and 13 and, and Garden Kofi in that sense. Um, man, that dude was impressive to me. And just this Rutgers, I mean, from Mulcahy and what he was able to do, and I understand people don't like him because of, <laughs> um, he, you know, he's just gritty and scrappy and just doesn't care. But isn't that the Rutgers motto? Like, isn't that – that's just what they no. do. You know, they're going to out-tough you. They're going to um, – Grit you if that's a term. I don't know if yeah, it is. Like, sure, you know, they're they're just gonna fight, scrap, and claw, and uh, you know, bite at your knees. Dan Campbell reference. You know what I mean? Like, they just um, bite, bite your kneecaps. Like, that's what Rutgers is, and and they just wanted a lot more. And yes, it's it's tough to play at Jersey Mike's. We all get that. It, it is what it is. They're thirteen and two there this the season, mic. but uh, the, the big mics. But you know you. At some point, you got to have a little pride in that sense, and that's what was missing tonight. And I think that's what's concerning with an older team like this for Illinois is like, hey, if you can't do that now in a Big Ten title chase, then yeah, obviously that's concerning. What are you going to do in the bright lights, of Indianapolis or the NCAA tournament? You know, and and I think it holds a little bit more weight in that sense of the question after Loyola last year. You know, is is this team ready? Can this team fight? Um, and, and certainly we've seen that, right? The, the whole picture of the season carries more weight than one game. So, you know, don't be hanging your head now, Illinois fans saying like, hey, the season's over or what? Like, hey, you know, there's, there's still five games left here and you're in the thick of the Big Ten title chase. So um, not all is lost, but yeah, I, I've got questions about um, some, some certain things that we talked about, rebounding and um roles with Curbelo and, and defense and um you know the one thing I'll, i will give them credit and i know underwood does not like to go down easy without a fight you know they they did fight at the end and and i thought uh rj melendez continues to show that dude he wants to play you know and, and after a pretty poor first half in my eyes uh the fact that he finishes with 10 points um perfect from the line you know, played made some nice defensive plays, just scrappy plays hard. I mean, you could tell like that dude wanted to be there in the end. I thought he was a big spark uh, to get them to single digits there at the end, which which was impressive. So that's that's a positive I take away from this. But um, certainly more negatives. You know, when you look at the stat sheet and Demonte Williams is 0 for 3 uh, in 29 minutes. Plummer 2 for 8. Like, you know, Grandison continues to struggle just 5 points, 2 for 7. You know, it's like... Hey, those are dudes that got to make shots, you know, and, and they're not doing that by and large here um, in the last couple of games. So as Brett mentioned, Purdue Northwestern going on right now as we record this. So we don't know if Purdue's going to take the half game lead. We have to assume against a Northwestern squad who's, we could say it, they've, they've struggled for large portions of this season. But that does put every Big Ten team with at least four losses on the season, as we speak, Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois, all tied at 11-4. and four. Brett, when I asked this question a few weeks ago, you told me that you'd be 
you, you you did not think that the Big Ten champion would have five losses. Now, what do you think? Man, I yeah, I I think it's going to be there. I think I said outright four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I I said sixteen and four. I think would would get it done outright. Uh, five might tie. I think I'm going to hang on to that. I I still think if the team can close here in the final five games without losing, that they can win the Big Ten title. Um, but that would mean that you know one like. That schedule alignment's probably not going to work. You know what I mean? Like one of those teams is going to lose. So, look at this point, fifteen and five. I don't think it's out of the question. I think if if Illinois can somehow hang on to that fifteen and five spot, you know, maybe they're there. I just get the feeling an outright champ is only going to be Purdue at this point. And if it's not Purdue outright, then it'll be a tie. Yeah, I I can see that. It would be really interesting if we got a fourteen and six tie atop the Big Ten standings. That a lot of chaos would have to happen, I think, for for that to unfold for all these teams to get two more losses. But Rutgers has already said fooey to all of our predictions over the past two weeks with all of their wins against ranked teams. So who knows what happens at this point? Ohio State also still in the conversation. They've just kind of been lingering behind like the top three for the entire season and they still find themselves now in that top five and in striking distance with five games remaining so it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out and seeding at this point is something that kind of comes into focus for the big 10 tournament because you you would want to get those two buys and get all the way to friday of the big 10 tournament and now illinois they're a game or a game and a half away from falling into that Thursday crowd. So, you know, you got to start winning some games. You got to find some form quickly uh, before, you know, things start unraveling or possibly unravel if, if things continue the way that they are right now. So, Brett, is we yeah, and I think Andy, that's the interesting thing here, like the seeding part about it. Yeah. Uh, I think for most of a line and nation, you probably just assume, like, yeah, they're a, they're a Friday only team, you know. And with the emergence of Rutgers, I mean, they're Rutgers is 10 and five, like a double digit big 10 wins with five games left. You know what I mean? So look, Michigan state can get hot, you know? And I think that's the, the top six is pretty clear at this point. I was a game and a half back in Michigan state. So if you got Purdue, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio state Rutgers and Michigan state, right? Like, I feel like that's the top six. But that's six battling for four. Yeah, two two teams are going to be hung out to dry on Thursday, and so that that's important, and it's imperative that um, you know you you just got a lot better chance to win the Big Ten tournament title if you only got to play three as opposed to four. Mm-hmm. Not saying that four hasn't happened before because it has, but you know you've got a way better chance if you're only playing three. And you know you, the good thing I guess for Illinois, Andy, you do hold the tiebreaker over Wisconsin if it comes to that uh Purdue you don't Ohio's that Ohio State game next Thursday becomes really big because uh for for tiebreaker purposes you know you only play once so I think that could be really really important um you split with Rutgers and then uh you know you're at least going to get a split with Michigan State which is positive so uh overall there you know you feel okay about that I think uh, in terms of just the seeding for the Big Ten tournament. But you're right. I mean, that could be, you know, you lose two games here and, and all of a sudden you're in the outside four looking in and having to play Thursday. And that, that's a game changer for me. Yeah, and those that, that makes these final games 
especially these next three, in my mind, the Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, so important. So I think Penn State and Iowa, they should win. They can lose those games, but I look at those as um, pretty good chances Illinois comes out on top. But makes these this next week and a half really, really interesting. So, uh, Brett, any final thoughts as we wrap things up here? Yeah, I mean, I, usually I'm kind of skeptical on Rutgers just for what they've been in their history. But, like, dude, I, I don't think you can sit here and, and count Rutgers out at this point. Um, five of their last six, four straight against ranked teams. I think we'll learn a little bit more. Then they go to Purdue on the road coming up here in a couple of days. That'll be a fun one. I, I don't know if I expect them to go in there and compete with <laughs> Purdue again after beating them, you know, in, in Piscataway earlier this season. When Purdue was number one, that was following the Illinois game. Maybe. Remember that, the Martin Luther King Day game in Champaign, and then Purdue goes to uh, Piscataway and loses after that, um, shortly after that. So, uh, look, I, why, why can't Purdue – or why can't uh, Rutgers be a top-four seed? I, I don't see any reason why they can't be, you know, for in, in the Big Ten tournament. And uh, I know a lot of people talking about them just barely getting into the NCAA tournament. Like, man, um, I'm not, like, on the Andy Katz train of, of – um, The bus. You know, the bus. The bus or whatever he had on TV, but, like, they're, they're impressive and they're old and, and they've got some dudes and um, can they do it away from home though? You know, that's my biggest question. Just three of seven uh, away from home. So uh, I, I don't know. I just, I just leave really impressed uh, with what Rutgers is and um, Illinois got a lot of soul searching to do after this one on that flight home. So uh, that much I know, and, and we'll see what happens Saturday at Michigan state. I think that's going to be a, a tall tale to, to what the rest of these, five games and four after the Michigan state game will be for this Illini team as they try and close down the stretch really well. Once again, like they did last year, it makes for a really, really interesting game on Saturday. One in the morning, 1130 central time is that game at the Breslin center um, in East Lansing. Brett will be there. We'll have all the coverage, the your line nation pregame show. Be sure to check it out before that one gets started. We'll have the highlights and more sound on the news later that day uh should make for an interesting run here brett that's all we have for you on this loss we gotta put this one away and i know alana fans definitely want to put this one away so shout out to alana fans that are still listening because it was a brutal one but we will have all the coverage of the rest of the season should be an interesting run down the stretch for brett i'm andy and we'll see you next time